When I first learned about Stephanie's story, I was inspired immediately. The trauma related to her life and experiences really excited me to talk to her more and be exposed to her vulnerability. When I had this conversation with her, it ignited so many emotions, not just with me, but with her as well. And this conversation is so inspiring. And we talk about things that, you know, people don't really want to talk about because of the judgment or shame that focuses around these topics of domestic abuse and trauma and divorce and starting over again and separation and all of these triggers that follow along with it that we shove down and try and forget about. But our conversation with people open us up to other doors we can open for ourselves. And these doors are filled with peace and joy and love for the things that we deserve. And Stephanie talks about this. She talks about the self-healing that she went through and is going through after going through a 10-year relationship filled with abuse and why we stay stuck in that mindset of fear and not leaving these relationships because it's all we know and thinking that we don't deserve anything else and we don't know how to get out of it. She shares her journey of how she got to where she is now, which is full of peace and joy. And now she inspires and helps other women do the same and get to living their best life in such an authentic way. And she says it so beautifully in there. When you start to give permission to yourself to do the things you know you need to do to get that life that you so desire, everything just shifts for you authentically, unapologetically. So I invite you to this conversation that her and I had. It's emotional. It might trigger something in you to make a change in your own life. And it's so inspiring. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. I invite you to join in on the conversation. If you want to share your thoughts, feel free to message me on Instagram And I share all of Stephanie's links to her website and more about her and the books that she was involved with in the show notes. So I invite you to go check it out and learn more about her. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Love Isn't Cancelled podcast. My name is Michelle Gallant and I am here joined by my guest. Her name is Stephanie Mute? Did I say that right? Mote. Yes. Mote. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. Um, you are an author, life transition empowerment expert, and domestic violence survivor. You've been married and divorced twice. And when I saw your bio on this recent event that um, you were in, the I Am Survivor Summit, 
I needed to talk to you. I needed to have this conversation <laughs> with you because you just gave off this empower and you had a story and I, I wanted to dig into that with you. So Stephanie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Michelle. I'm excited to be on your podcast with you. My focus is, and my life's purpose is to help women who have or are experiencing experiences of trauma, whether it's rape, domestic abuse, pregnancy loss, and helping them through the healing process to transform their lives and begin flourishing. Um, it is something that is very near and dear to my heart, mainly because I am a survivor of rape, domestic abuse, and pregnancy loss myself. And I believe every woman deserves to live a life of flourishing. And so many of us just are going about our daily lives, coasting through life and not actually enjoying life at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and so me getting to a point where I am flourishing, I looked around me and saw so many women in my life that aren't. And I just started reaching out and helping. And it's kind of what led me to my life's purpose. And if I can make a difference in one life, that, that, that means the world to me. And I could die happy today knowing that I impacted in a positive way, at least one person's life. Mm, that was so beautiful and well said, Stephanie. Thank you for sharing that first of all. And thank you for being here with me and bringing your best self and your vulnerability to this conversation. Um, Absolutely. So I, I'm all about being your unapologetic, authentic self. So this is me. Uh, I'm using <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs> so you have been married and divorced twice. How long were you married for each time? Um, so the first marriage, we were together four years and married two. Um, I'm married for the wrong reasons. Good man. We're still like Facebook friends. <laughs> um, good man. We just weren't right for each other. And I was young. All of my friends were getting married and starting to have families. And that's what I wanted. Plus that's what, you know, society tells us is how life's supposed to happen. Um, and so I was seeking that and he was there. He, had asked me out today and we were dating and it just seemed like this is the next step. Um, so we ended amicably and, um, the second husband marriage, um, I met him about a month and a half after I left my first husband. Um, not ideal. Learned that, <laughs> um, <laughs> give myself some time to process, you know, because at the end of any relationship, there is a grieving process, even if it's, whether it's a good or a bad ending, yeah. whether it's with the loss of someone that has passed away or loss of a friendship that ended or a romantic relationship, there's still a grieving process to it because it's the end of something. Um, and so I really should have processed that a little bit better, but I did know um, but my 
second one met him and it was just he was from Morocco. It was a little exotic. Um, he was different than anyone I had met. And um, we were together overall 10 years um, and married about six. Um, and I left him in 2015, 2016, I think 15 or 16. Um, we officially got divorced in 2017. Um, still dealing with his ass <laughs> for another year. Cause it's when you're dealing with an abusive relationship, um, sometimes they will find ways to attach you to things. Mm. And so I, like he had got my car insured on his car insurance and he was trying to be nice. This is after we got divorced, but he was trying to keep me in control and keep me in his life. So he like offered to pay off a couple of my credit cards and just pay him back without interest. Mm -hmm. um, but those were ways of him stringing, a, a, creating a string of attachment. Right. And so it took me a year to start breaking off those strings of attachment to him. Um, and my final straw, to be honest, was I could, he could not give me space, like even one day without talking to him. He was so upset. Like he became so obsessive with me. Mm -hmm. And, um, I finally was like, you can't even give me 10 minutes of peace. I'm done. Don't contact me again. I don't want to see you. I don't want to hear from you. I'm done. 15 minutes later, he showed up to my job mm. and was like banging on the door. So I stepped out and I was like, you cannot be here. What are you doing? He's like crying. I mean, he put on the water waterworks. Um, and he's like, please don't, please don't leave me. I was like, we're divorced. We're not together this is not okay for you to show up to my job. You need to leave or I'm going to call the police. Um, my coworker came out cause she felt like something was odd. So she came out to kind of check on me. I was like, you have to go. <laughs> like you're going to make me lose my job. And he left and I was like, it just hit me. If I don't do something now, this is how I'm going to end up probably spending the rest of my life is dealing with him because I, I had such a hard time of cutting him off. Like I felt guilty or bad. And I was, I was a people pleaser. <laughs> um, ah, God, that was so hard. But I, in that moment, I was like, Nope, fuck this. I'm done. I told my boss what happened she let me leave work. I immediately went to the courthouse, filed a restraining order. Wow. And about 20 days later, when we had the hearing, um, I was awarded a permanent for life restraining order. Wow. And so from that day forth, I have had no contact with him. And let me tell you the emotions that flooded me in that moment, it was like, I was finally free. Mm. And 
it, I like almost collapsed because I was so overwhelmed with emotions that like I had been holding on to and wasn't able to let go of and to just feel that freedom finally um, was incredible. Mm, that is a lot to handle. When you say abuse, are you, mm -hmm. what forms of abuse are you talking about? all of them <laughs> all of the above mm. um so with with him specifically i dealt with verbal abuse there was physical abuse in 2011 he beat me up and there was a restraining order then um and i was so controlled by him and manipulated by him that he convinced me to come back. He convinced me to write a letter to the judge to have the judge drop the restraining order. Um, and it was after that, that we actually got married. We weren't married before then. Oh. Um, and, you know, looking back now, I'm like, Jesus, Stephanie, you were stupid. What were you thinking? But I was not in the right frame of mind in that time because he had from 2008 to 2011 had been tearing me down, had been brainwashing me, had been manipulating me, had so much control over everything I did to my thoughts, how I viewed things, um, that I wasn't in the right frame of mind at that time. And I went ahead and married him and I cried through the whole entire ceremony. <laughs> like, and not the good kind, I'm sure. No, not, not at all. Oh my gosh. But yes. Um, but it was also spiritual abuse, financial abuse. Um, there was sexual abuse, um, verbal, mental, emotional, uh, just all encompassing of abuse with this person. So you went, so your first marriage was like you said, it was, he was a great guy. So you hadn't experienced this type of pain or abuse in your first marriage no but when it came into your second one what were you when it was first coming into your relationship what was going through your mind were you like oh this is different or were you like how were you responding to this in the beginning um I didn't have a lot of self-confidence going into it to be honest um and so initially, like I thought it was a little different, weird, odd, but then there was like great moments right. that we would have. And so like, he would be like, just focus on the, the good. Why are you focusing on the bad? And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. I should focus on the good. <laughs> um, and so I would try to focus on the good and then the bad stuff would happen. And um you know, there would be periods of time of silence treatment where he would just straight up ignore me for days, even weeks. Mm. Um, like I wasn't even there, like I didn't exist. And the, there was just so much mind fuckery mm. <laughs> happening. Um, oh my God. And I honestly, I think at some point my my brain and a lot of, um, therapists that specifically deal with trauma, they, they talk about this, um, 
our brains will go, you know, flight, flight, or freeze, but our brains have a way of protecting us. And I didn't really realize how much my brain protected me until I was putting together my statement for the restraining order in 2018. I am so thankful that I had the wherewithal in the time that I created a Google drive document. Um, and I was dating things Mm. and there were so many things that he had said or done that I literally did not remember until I was reading it. Wow. Um, and I was like, shit, that happened. And like, I had the day, the time where we're at, what was said or what he, you know, physically did. And I was like, Jesus, Stephanie, like <laughs> it, it, it was really kind of an eye opening for me to really see how much your brain, how intelligent our brains are, that they can literally protect us from harm in, in the sense of blocking it so that we're not constantly like reliving it. Um, but it was it was a lot that I went through in that relationship. So what was the final? So you were together for 10 years. Mm -hmm. That's a long time to Mm -hmm. endure like all of the pain and struggle and challenges that you went through. And you talk a lot, you just um, talked about your confidence and you didn't really know how to navigate through this. What was the final breaking moment in your head, like in your brain that made you, made it click. Like I got to go. Yeah. So one thing is, um, most victims of domestic abuse will leave on average seven times before they leave permanently. Wow. I left my abusive ex well over 30 times. Like I, at some point just stopped counting because it was getting to be ridiculous. Um, but there were so many different situations that I was like, I can't handle this. I'm done. This is like insane. And I would leave. And then he would find some way to manipulate or control and bring me back. Um, in 2014, I left, um, and got an apartment with a friend, um, we went to college together and we actually were paired with, um, on the campus at university of Colorado, Denver. Um, they have the Phoenix center and they work with women who are dealing with trauma and abuse. And we both were going through something and both our, uh, soon to be ex-husbands were Moroccan and they asked us permission and paired us together because we were both leaving. And so we became friends through that. And we're still friends to this day um, from that experience. But we got an apartment together. It was like six months of us living together. It was amazing being out of my relationship with him. And about a month before I was going to graduate. So like November, 2014, he convinced me to take him back. Mm -hmm. And so after I graduated, I moved back in with him 
And within like three months, I immediately regretted it because his good behavior, and I use air quotes, even though you can't see, <laughs> I'm using air quotes. Um, he, you know, promised he was going to be better and that he was working himself, yada, 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 all the bullshit they always promise. Um, and about three months in all the same behavior started again. Um, and so that was, that was really hard, but, um, I continued therapy and, um, I ended up in 2016, it was 2016. Um, my final straw was one, he had never once went home. All my family lives in Kansas city or in mid Missouri. Never one time that we'd been together had he gone with me to visit my family. Mm -hmm. And that bothered me. I'm going home, you know, for my nephew's birthdays, for the holidays. And I'm always having to make an excuse why he wasn't with me. And it was like, I was alone and single. I didn't feel like I was married when I'm going to family things, you know, by myself. Um, finally, he, in 2016 said that he would go with me to Ohio to visit my grandmother. And I bought our tickets to go, um, the week of us going, he informed me that Monday, cause it was like a three-day weekend, just a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He informed me that Monday that he had just started a new job and he wasn't able to get off work. So he wasn't going to go with me. And I was, first of all, he could not hold a job because he was such a narcissist that he thought he was smarter than every single person he worked with. So he would get frustrated and quit. Um, <laughs> so he couldn't hold a job, finally found a job, but yet I was like, why didn't you tell them you already have a trip plan? Most jobs are very understanding of that. Mm -hmm. You're just starting, but yes, you have a trip plan. Okay. Well, you know, you'll be fine on that day. He didn't bother to say a word to them. And so I went on the trip by myself and I was like, I'm done. I'm so sick of this constantly having to make excuses. And that was my final straw. Like my grandma was my rock and for him to, and like her and her husband were planning all this stuff to take us in, to see and do. They had bought tickets for like um, a museum and stuff like that. And for him to do this last minute, I was like, that was so disrespectful, mm -hmm. not just to me, but now you're being disrespectful to my grandmother. And I was like, I'm done. So I came back and I immediately started planning my exit. And I had one of the best bosses I've ever had in my life. Um, her and her family took me in because um, I, all my family was in Kansas City. I was living in Denver, Colorado, and I was so tired of the back and forth. And I knew like if I had family there, it would be easier for me to stay gone. Um, 
and she's like come live with me and my family we live out in the woods um it would be really hard for him to find you um and they took me in i lived with them for like six months and that helped me so much to break a lot of the strings of attachment to him and be able to start saving to get my own place um, and feel safe. And they would do, you know, family dinners and family game night and stuff like that. And they gave me the stability that I didn't realize I needed. Mm. Um, and I'm still friends with them today. And I'm so grateful to the to Tara and her family because it was a game changer for me by her taking me in. Um, wow. Oh, I was not expecting to be emotional on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that I thank you for sharing all of that. I can, your vulnerability is so amazing. And I so appreciate you opening up to me. I can relate to much of your story. And when I'm listening to you talk, I'm, going through my own story and saying, oh yeah, like been through that or, you know, experienced that or felt that way. And, you know, you've been through a lot more than me. And I think about the people that maybe are listening to this that have been through it, going through it, experienced it. And I really, I'm, this is why I wanted to bring you on here and talk about this is because we all have a story and we all mm -hmm. have something that keeps us from living our true self and hearing your story from where you were to what you do now to help others. I applaud you. And this is why I wanted to bring you on here because I have felt the way that you have felt before too, where I didn't know what to do. I had the marriage, the first marriage where great guy, just, we just, after a while, just didn't work and we are still connected and then going through another relationship of trying to figure out what the fuck am I doing here and <laughs> right and then trying to just really get to the point of finding your peace and much like you I had a great family too that took me in when I left and I we all need that peace and I think we're all looking to find that peace within ourselves yes so when you left and you were living with this wonderful family and trying to re rebuild your life, what did that look like? And how did you feel moving forward? Um, oh, it was first counseling was a huge part for me. Um, specifically EMDR trauma therapy. If anyone is listening to this podcast and you have or are currently dealing with any kind of trauma, I highly recommend you ask for EMDR trauma therapy. Okay. It is a remarkable trauma therapy tool that is so powerful and tremendously helpful in the healing process, dealing with traumas. So I want to put that out there. Um, 
but I was going through therapy and I actually met a woman on an airplane in, um, I think it was August or September, 2016. And I was flying from Kansas city back to Denver and she's a godsend. I swear she's my angel. Um, I was on the airplane. I normally fall asleep before the plane takes off and I could not sleep on this flight. I was meant to meet her and was talking to her about my situation with my ex. I felt empowered to start a nonprofit to help victims of domestic abuse. Um, and she shared with me a, a company out in Los Angeles that does self like development workshops. Mm. Um, and invited me to attend. She said that it would be very helpful for what I was going through and where I was wanting to go and what I was wanting to do. Um, and so in April, 2017, I actually attended the first, uh, workshop there. Um, and hopefully it's okay for me to mention this, uh, <laughs> the company, but it's called MITT training. Okay. Um, I did their basic advance and their legacy program workshops. Um, I've done even others through them. Um, they have a relationship, sexual, sexuality and sexuality, abundance. Um, I mean, they, there's a list of workshops that they provide and they're incredibly powerful. They're all experiential, but it was in that first workshop that I had such a fear of filing for divorce because I felt like if I filed for divorce, one, I was now going to be twice divorced and no one was going to want me. And I was going to be like damaged goods and Lord, the self beat up that I had at that time. Um, but two, I had a fear that if I filed for divorce, it was going to cause him to retaliate and attack me. Hmm. Um, but in that workshop, the, like, I think it was the last day they had us write down some like big, scary goals that we wanted to complete within 90 days of completing the workshop. And I was like, okay, fuck this. I am here. I'm not going to take the easy way out. I am pushing myself. I'm challenging myself to better myself. What is the scariest thing I could do right now? And it was to file for divorce. I thankfully I had that because it empowered me to do it but I was able to file for divorce within 63 days of completing that workshop and I convinced him to sign with me so I didn't have to file and have him served mm. I was able to convince him to sign with me so that we filed jointly for divorce um and then by the time I did the advanced workshop in October, um, 2017, my divorce was final. Wow. Um, and it was a complete game, ch game changer for me. Um, it is what has led me to be doing what I'm doing. Um, and the woman I met on the airplane is my life coach each I think every life coach should have a life coach too, because we are constantly learning from each other. 
Um, and so that was all of that, plus having my own place. Um, I started building more friendships. Um, I started a Friendsgiving every November. Um, it grew from about six people to 17 <laughs> um, was the last one that I had there in um, Denver. And it was just, it was me taking back my life. I also had uh, weight loss surgery in 2016. It was something that I did to take back control of my life and my health. Mm -hmm. um, I was a shell of a person from being in that relationship with him. And I was the last time I had weighed myself before surgery was like 325. When I saw that number, I was like, I'm not going to go on the scale again. Mm -hmm. um, but I started doing things to, to better myself and to take care of myself and take back control of my life. Mm. Um, and so that family taking me in was the, honestly, two things, the family taking me in and meeting the woman on the airplane. Those two things were the catalyst of turning my life around. Wow. That is, those are huge to set you on your path for your next chapter. Absolutely. So when you're single, you know, you're going through your divorce, you're trying to make yourself better. You are maybe entering into dating. You talk a little bit about this, um, about dating in your thirties. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> this is the topic that I talk about a lot. Cause I, after being married for, you know, a long time and being with someone for 11 years, I started dating again in my thirties and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And what, when you started dating again, there obviously was some hesitation or like what sort of fears or red flags were you expecting or how did that your, how did your single life look like for you? And then entering into the dating stage, like, was there a fear around it? Um, I was hesitant to start dating um, and I didn't really start dating until our divorce was final. Um, I had like no interest. I was so like traumatized from him, like from 2015 to 2017, I was like, I'm not dating. Like I have no interest to even go on a date with a man. Like I'm so sick of men. <laughs> um, that is, that's the question I wanted to ask is like, what, like, could, there must have been some hesitation around wanting to do it again. And like you just said, there's just having no interest at all because of your, your past trauma. Yeah. No interest at all. I was like, <laughs> if there are men out there like this, I'm done. Like I'm good. I came to a place, um, where I was like, I'm okay being single. Like if I am single for the rest of my life, I'm okay with that. And I want to be a mom. I also had the realization accepted the fact that, you know what? I don't need a man to become a mom. I can adopt. Like it was a lot of growing in that time period for me. Um, I became happy with myself, like internally happy 
with who I was, who I was being, what I was doing, that I didn't feel like I needed to seek validation from anyone. Mm. And so I feel like with that came this acceptance of like, I'm cool to be single. If I find someone that's worth it, absolutely. I will get in a relationship. But if I don't, I'm okay either way. Like, I don't feel like I have to follow society's standards of you got to be in a relationship. You got to get married. You got to have kids. Da, 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 da. I just was doing me and being happy with me that I legit was at a point where I was like, if I find someone great, if I don't great, either way, I'm going to be happy because I'm happy with myself. Yes, that is gold. And I think that is where we want everyone to be. We want that same mindset because that is how you start attracting what you most deserve and desire into your life. Absolutely. And with dating, when I did actually start dating, um, I, (laughs) I did a lot of vetting out of people. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a huge vetting (laughs) process and weeding out the, you know, people, but, um, I changed like the questions I would ask. Um, like I would ask them, what are you passionate about? Hmm. And to my surprise, there are a lot of men out there that aren't passionate about anything. I had one tell me, well, I've done everything that I wanted to do. I was in the military. I've seen the world. I've done this, that, and this. So I'm good. I was like, oh Oh boy. So what are we going to talk about? If you have nothing that you're passionate about, nothing that excites you, like, what are we going to talk about? Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm really big into in- intellectual conversation and connection. Um, so I was like, eh, you're gone. Um, the little simplest red flag gone. I'm going to share a real quick little funny one. I went on a date with this guy and previously to our first date, I, we were talking and I had shared that I had been in an abusive relationship. I was building a nonprofit to help victims of domestic abuse. So he already knew this. And then we're sitting at dinner on our first date and we're talking, I asked him about his past because he had said he had been married. And he shares that his ex-wife was abusive um, and then proceeds to say, well, I'm a man. And when she punched me in the face, I'm not going to just take it. So I punched her back. And I was like, "Um, check, please. I'm out of here. Like, are you serious right now? (laughs) Um, There's just so many... I I definitely paid a lot more attention to red flags. Hmm. Um, Whether that's a good or bad thing, right or wrong, I think it's up to each person to decide that, but I had to look out for me. Um, And I'm sure some of them were good guys, but if it was some of the things that I was looking for was um, pushing for quick involvement um, sudden mood swings. 
how they treated, if we did go out on a date, how they treated those that are in service, like a waitress or waiter. Um, and if they were rude, I was done. Um, if they're hiding like social media, if they have a lot of, uh, speaking a lot of hate about their parents or exes, um, it was anything like that I was watching out for. Um, and I would end it. Um, I just wasn't wanting to waste my time anymore fucking around with men who had, I saw had a tendency to potentially be abusive again. Right. So you really got clear with identifying them and you were quick to act on that. Absolutely. Right. And that is a challenge that I believe that many people have because we wait around for, oh, maybe they'll change or, you know, we wait around for their potential or we wait around just kind of confirming that it's a red flag because maybe it's mm-hmm. not. And that really fucking pisses me off. Mm-hmm. And the thing is too, like you just said, waiting to confirm the red flag. Yeah. I, I, been talking with some women about that specifically um if you're already having a red flag and you're asking for confirmation that it is a red flag it's a red flag (laughs) it's a red flag and this is one of the things that i when i'm working with women um as their coach is getting them to start listening and trusting their intuition our intuition is here to guide us and guide us away from harm So if our intuition, our gut is telling us, this is a red flag, this is a red flag, this is a red flag, but yet we want to talk to other people to confirm that it's a red flag, let's start listening to our intuition. We can save ourselves so much trouble and stress and trauma if we start really listening into our intuition. Um, So that's one of the things that I work with women on. That is gold. And thank you for saying that because that isn't said enough. We are constantly waiting for confirmation or like confirmation from someone else to validate. Oh yeah, it is. Or no, it's not just like hang out for a bit and see how it, it shows up in a different situation or scenario. And Um, I'm going to add something to that real quick because it just hit me. One of the things that, um, it was a hard thing for me to, um, hear and accept in the work that I've been doing, um, on myself was basically waiting for permission. Mm. I've been waiting. I had been correct myself. I had been waiting to live my life. I had been waiting for someone to give me permission to break down and cry. I'd been waiting for someone to give me permission to live my life. I'd been waiting for someone to give me permission that it's okay to leave an abusive relationship. I had been waiting for someone to give me permission to be happy. I, and what you were just saying struck a chord with me and reminding me of that us as women, we tend to wait for that confirmation it's also waiting for permission to leave the relationship. Mm. We're waiting for someone to tell us, yes, it's okay for you to leave. Yes. It's okay that 
you're seeing this red flag and you don't want to take it anymore and you want to leave. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to live your life. It's okay to leave a toxic, unhealthy relationship. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to process. It's okay to heal. We're constantly waiting for permission instead of just giving ourselves the permission. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, So how do we, how, what are some things, maybe give me three, share three tips with us how we can start doing that. Giving ourselves permission. um, I think one thing is, and this is something that is a work in progress. If you're you're not doing it yet is listening to your intuition Mm -hmm. because your intuition literally is guiding you away from harm. It is a built in alarm system in us that says something's wrong here, abort, run away. This is not good. This is not safe for you. And to start listening to that, Mm. that right there is you taking back your power. That is you giving yourself permission to do what is best for you and what is safe for you. If you are listening to your intuition, Mm. um, that, I think is the number one thing. Um, two, I would say just the more you work on yourself and build up your self-esteem and recognize and own your self-worth, that is automatic going to give you yourself permission to just live and be happy. You're giving yourself that permission. Um, one of the other things is accountability. If you have someone that your best friend that you trust, have that conversation with them because one of the things, you know, they say it takes 21 days to build or break a habit. So if giving yourself permission to do things is a challenge for you. Find accountability partners, someone that you trust. And when you're not giving yourself permission to do things that they have full permission to tell you, hey, Stephanie, you can give yourself permission to do this. And as they continue to remind you, you continue, you start to recognize it yourself. You start learning, oh, I can give myself permission to do this. I don't need anyone to give me permission. I can do it myself. Um, And I think that would be a great way to to get yourself on the path of recognizing when and where you can give yourself permission and start doing. And um, so I would recommend finding someone that you trust as accountability that they'll let you know, hey, just you, you have the power within you give yourself permission to whatever it is. If it's to buy a new car for yourself, because you haven't wanted to do anything like that for whatever reason, have your accountability partner be like, go do it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to wait for anyone to tell you to do it. It's your time, your life. Let's, and slowly 
we have to retrain our brains. So having that accountability partner can help us start in that process. And in no time, you're not going to need that person to remind you because you're just going to do it. You've created a good, healthy habit within yourself. Yes. Yes. Thank you for sharing all of those things. I think, you know, everything that you have been through, experienced, I love most that you acknowledge the responsibility you played in each of those scenarios that you share with us. You, there was no blame or there was no blame placing that I heard in this conversation, which I really appreciate from you as a person. You, Thank you. you have taken the responsibility of the part you played, acknowledged it, and you also gave yourself permission and really forgave yourself. Mm -hmm. And that was a hard thing. Um, in one of the workshops, they, they were like, you're responsible. I was like, the hell I'm responsible for being abused. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask for this. And it took me some processing, to be honest, because I was fighting that really hard. Um, but when I actually let down my, my walls a little bit and really looked at it and did some self-reflection, I'm not responsible for him abusing me. That's on him. But I am responsible in the fact that I ignored the red flags. Mm. I'm responsible in making excuses for him, allowing the behavior yes. to staying in the relation. Those are things I'm responsible for. And once I was able to take responsibility for those things, it helped me to forgive myself. Yes, absolutely. That is really the start to your new journey and chapter, which I Absolutely. want to segue into. Um, so uh, in 2019, you said that you shifted your focus and I'm taking this from your website. Okay. It into. Um, you shifted your focus to who you wanted to be and attract in a healthy relationship. So you wrote mm -hmm. down what you wanted in a relationship and in a man that you could really build a life with. And I love this is like, <laughs> I really love this. And we are going on almost an hour here and I could talk <laughs> all day because from going from what you experienced, the trauma, the relationships, the self-healing, the forgiveness onto this new path and really getting clear with what you wanted. That's when you can start to receive it. Yes. And I have done this and I am... I love when women share that they get to this like pivotal moment in their life when, you know, you're good, you're good with who you are and being by yourself. Of course, you'd like somebody else in there with you if the right person should enter. Yes. It's got to be someone special. So tell me about writing down and getting this relationship that you're now building a relationship with. Well, I was guided by um, a woman who um, is, was, she has since passed, very strong influence in the self-development, like coaching world. And um, she had shared to write down 
the the traits and the ways of being that I wanted to attract in someone. Um, and so I created that list. Um, and a lot of it is my own ways of being too. Um, because I want, that's what I want to attract the way that I am and who I am and my ways of being, I want to attract that to me. Hmm. Um, and so a little bit of a mirror in that. Um, but obviously I want some differences because, um, I think differences do attract it. It helps to keep things, um, elevated when you have two different, um, likes and dislikes and you can change things up a little bit um and it's can challenge you too so um i wrote those out and um honestly i was in a relationship before my i the current person i'm in a relationship with and um i thought that it was a good relationship it turned out he was a narcissist um, that lasted, I don't know, maybe like nine months, give or take. Um, but I kept persevering and pushing through because I was a believer in there is someone out there for me. Mm. Um, and he came in the form of a friend. Um, we're going on two years of friendship and he was such a big supporter when I was going through my breakup. Um, even before my breakup, when, um, things were kind of going to shit, he was there and like lifting me up and reminding me who I am and speaking life back into me when I kind of forgot who I was in a moment. Mm. Um, and that was something I hadn't ever experienced before from a man. I've had friends do that all the time, but to have a man speak life into me like he did, um, and really show up and be there was an incredible new experience for me hmm. um and was just very drawn to him um and he is very special um i moved from denver colorado to virginia beach virginia to to be with him um and it is incredibly powerful my family just was out here a week ago visiting and his family lives um, about four hours away and they came, both our families came together for the first time. Wow. And that is something I have never experienced in any relationship where both families come together mm -hmm. and it was beautiful. Like it brings like tears of joy for me to see that and to get to experience that, that my family and his family were able to come together. He is the literally the first man that any of my friends have liked and my family has liked. Um, so that's 
says a lot um, about who he is and his way of being and how he shows up um, that literally every single one of my friends and family like him, dare I say, love who he is um, and how he is with me. Um, and that speaks volumes to me because all of my exes, not a single one of my friends or family liked them. Wow. That like, I got goosebumps you saying that because that brought me back to when you were talking about how your ex-husband has never been to any of your family <laughs> stuff. And that was so important yes. to you. Yes. And the fact that, you know, you have this relationship and this man that you wanted into your life that did it without asking or knowing that it was so important that this happened because it's so organic and the mm -hmm. love is there and you did all this work to get what you deserve which Absolutely. is a beautiful life and this beautiful relationship which I, I I can't say it enough and I I I still feel it's a little bit of an understatement that you are so inspiring to other people in this situation women who maybe feel like they can't get out of whatever situation it is because of fear or whatever the challenge is but knowing once you can start to you know the forgiveness and the awareness and build your confidence you can get to a place of peace absolutely and be able to flourish and we we get into a place of complacency and we just coast through life we're not living we're literally just coasting we pay our bills we just do our daily routines every day and just there's no joy and it's just strictly coasting through life and i i want to if i could every single woman that i come in contact with i would do whatever I could to help them get to a point where they are flourishing and actually enjoying life, living it without any regrets to the fullest and just being able to have pure joy and happiness fill them up. And it just continues to spread, you know, for, from them to whoever they know. Hmm, that's beautiful. And just a couple more questions before yes. I wrap this up. Um, you were just touching on joy. What are three things that bring joy to your life right now? Um, my nephews, I have two nephews, um, and they bring me so much joy. Um, they are going on 10, um, and five, um, they were just out here and I got to go parasailing for the first time with my oldest nephew. And that is a memory that I will never forget. Um, but those two boys bring me so much joy. Um, seeing people in my life, whether they're friends or family, successful and happy, and that brings me a lot of joy. Um, that that's kind of all I could ask for is to see the people around me and even strangers, <laughs> anyone that I come in contact with that I get to experience them successful or having something, you know, that brings them joy or happy and seeing a smile on their face brings me joy. Um, 
And for myself, just the more that I am my authentic self, the more joy I have. That's beautiful. And I, I love the way that you are showing up authentic to this conversation. I am, I'm getting emotional over here as you're talking about stuff. and you're talking about family and how they bring you so much happiness and joy. And, um, I just, I'm like tearing up thinking about <laughs> thank me you. too. Yeah. So thank you for that. Um, how can we support you? Where can we find you? And, um, yeah. Um, so I, you can find me on social media. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, um, elevate your life coaching. Um, my website is elevate your life coaching.net. Um, I can also be reached by, um, email at Stephanie at elevate your life coaching.net. Um, I also, um, have written in two books. Um, they're called ready to fly. There's three volumes. I wrote in volume one and volume three. Um, those are on my website that, um, if anyone's interested, you can purchase, I will personally sign the book and mail it to you. Um, I, wrote in the first one about the abusive relationship. Um, and in the volume three, I wrote about, um, my experience with rape. Um, I will be writing more books. Um, but those are ways that you can connect with me, support me. Um, if anyone is looking for someone to speak, I would be, you know, to your group, um, please reach out. I would be honored to come and speak to your group or on your podcast, um, workshops, whatnot. Um, and just continue to spread love, joy, and encouraging people to, um, take care of themselves. I'm a big advocate advocate for self-care. Um, and so if I can, preach anything it is self-care because self-care I believe leads to confidence it leads to joy it leads to happiness it leads to flourishing um so the more we can take care of ourselves the more we can give and bring that joy and happiness to our everyday lives Mm, that was the perfect way to end with that message I really appreciate and you being here with me during this time to share your story, be vulnerable, explore all of the experiences that you've been through and sharing that rawness. Um, thank you for that. I will link all of your, um, website and all the social media stuff into the show notes so people can access you and check you out. And thank you again for your time. Thank you. This has been wonderful. And I'd love to come and talk some more um, sometime maybe about self-care or even divorce um, more specifically on those topics. Um, There's so much to unpack there where you can definitely let's keep in touch and 
explore different topics that we can um, help inspire more people into their lives. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I invite you to join me every week as I openly discuss relationships and not just the fairy tale love story shit. I'm talking about the challenges, the hard stuff, and the things you must first face and discover about yourself before you can fully be with someone else. Love is Encanteled isn't just about the love for someone else, but the love for yourself. Really, it's about the love for yourself. And then exploring those challenges and behaviors and actions and patterns into somebody else. I'll share stories, interviews, and advice that no one asked for, but you need to hear. Thank you so much for your time and attention. We'll see you next week. And if again, if you enjoyed this episode, I would love it and appreciate it if you went to Apple Podcasts and left me a review. Thanks so much and see you next time. Thank you.